0: lot of entrepreneurs struggle to set and maintain boundaries and here's why they're so important you have a finite amount of time in your day and it is time not money that is your most precious resource so when you agree to do something new it means that you're likely going to have to give up something else somewhere else now that might be in another area of your business it might be time with friends or family Or it might be time that you would have spent relaxing, working out, sleeping, or just downtime in general. One of the things I want you to do sooner rather than later is to master the art of setting boundaries. You need to have them to protect your time and more importantly, your sanity. So here's a look at what you're going to learn today. First, I'm going to define what boundaries are and explain three things that you need to do to set one. Then in our second segment, we're going to look at the challenges that we have in setting them. In our third segment, I'm going to give you four tips to help you set better boundaries. But first, I want to start with the story. A little while ago, I came across the book, The Miracle Morning. And I'd heard the author interviewed many times talking about the book. And each time that I heard him, I was a little bit more intrigued by this concept of creating a morning routine. But at the same time, I was also equally resistant. I mean, more than 15 years ago, I had built the habit of working out first thing in the morning. And years ago, I layered on another habit of daily meditation in the morning. And then last year, I added in the practice of gratitude, in the mornings and also in the evenings. So I kind of felt like I'd already been doing a morning routine and yet I kept getting flirts from the universe about this book and this concept of morning routines. So I finally picked up the book to find out for myself. The concept of a miracle morning is so much more than just waking up early to exercise and meditate. It's about dedicating time to invest in your personal development each and every morning. It's beyond just exercise. It's beyond just meditation and gratitude that I was doing already. It also includes journaling and reading and reviewing your goals and visualizing. And it all happens first thing in the morning before you start your work day. And it's a non-negotiable that has to happen every day. A little while ago, I was chatting with a friend and telling her how I really wanted to have a new personal challenge. I'm very challenged in my business, but I wanted something for me, something that would really push me outside of my comfort zone and really focus on personal goals. I don't know about you, but often when I get to this point in my life where I feel like I wanna be challenged, I gravitate to something physical like signing up for a new run or taking up some new form of workout. Or in the past, I've also done detoxes or juice cleanses. I typically choose something that involves physical exercise, and there's always some sort of a goal or a target that I can measure and work towards. But this time, none of those options really felt exciting to me. But the miracle morning, now that felt like a challenge. 30 days straight of regular routine self-care and personal growth before 9 a.m., including weekends. 30 days of making me a priority. Now that Felt like a serious edge and as I do with all of my new projects or challenges I made a plan that really excited me I took time to figure out how and what is relevant to me and also took a mental inventory of my beliefs and my behaviors that might stand in the way of me being successful and in doing this, I discovered a couple of gems that I actually wasn't conscious of before. These are all beliefs. And I wanted to share them with you because they were standing in my way without me even knowing it. And I have a feeling that some of you might share these same beliefs as well. You see, Whenever you want to change your routine, you have to make the necessary changes to your beliefs and your behaviors to support the new routine or else you won't be able to sustain it. The first belief that I unearthed was a mental boundary between how I take care of myself and approach the weekdays versus the weekends. You see, I would always follow my morning routine of getting up really early, Monday to Friday, and then on the weekends, I would sleep in late and never really follow the routine, and then Monday mornings would be really hard to get up again. So I had a very different mental approach for the weekends. So my first decision that I made was to prepare for this 30-day challenge and keep the same time to wake up every day, Monday to Sunday. And once I made that decision, I realized that it was a simple shift of perspective and yet a really powerful one for me. I do work Monday to Friday and I try not to work over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. And this boundary does work with my business, but it doesn't have to apply to my self-care routine. If I have a daily routine that helps me have a healthy mindset, Why should I limit myself to that only on five days a week? Why wouldn't I do that every day if I'm really being serious about it, right? So I'd love to take a second here and check in with you. Do you treat yourself differently during the week versus the weekends? Do you have a different routine that you follow? And if you do, is it working for you? For years, I clung tightly to this belief that I worked really hard during the week so I deserved to sleep in on the weekend and give myself a break. But I really felt ready to challenge this belief because it wasn't really working for me anymore to wake up at different times throughout the week. And I wanted to try it a different way because I know that it causes a lot of confusion with my sleeping patterns. And the other big resistance that I had in my preparation was around making myself a priority now i have this really bad habit and i'm sure many of you do too which is putting everyone else's needs in front of my own adapting to other people's schedules to their routines and i realized in this planning that dedicating the first two hours of every day to me and doing work on my personal growth That was edgy for me. I felt a lot of guilt and resistance. And I decided that this was the exact reason that I needed to do it because it actually made me feel selfish to put myself first. And when I started to observe this dialogue and really get conscious about it, I realized what my resistance was. It was crystal clear. I haven't really been making myself or my needs a priority lately which is kind of ironic because I teach everyone else about the importance of investing in mindset. I actually didn't have a daily structure where I invest in my personal development as a daily habit. Exercise, yes, meditation, gratitude, yes, but dedicated learning and growth each day, not so much. I target to have time in the evenings to read or focus on myself, but you know what? That almost never happens. I give, 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 and then take whatever's left over at the end of the day, which most days is usually nothing. So this was a really big observation for me. And one of the biggest gems from this book that really, really resonated with me is the T. Harv Eker quote, how you do anything is how you do everything. And I started to think, what would happen if I made my personal development a priority seven days a week? Would it be possible? I wonder how much easier Mondays would be if I made my sleep a priority and I didn't stay up late all weekend. And perhaps the biggest resistance that I ran into was going to bed early. I have this non-negotiable of getting eight hours of sleep, which means the only way for me to do the miracle morning is to get to bed really, really early. And that unearthed even more resistance. I realized that I actually worried about what people are going to think of me for being such a loser and going to bed so early. Seriously, this was actually a belief in my mind. But it's not a fact because my friends are amazing. They're not judgmental. They're 110% supportive of anything that I do. So realistically, the bulk of my social activities are usually daytime anyway. So it really isn't a barrier. It was just a belief. And the last piece of my preparation happened on the day that I finished the book and I started to make plans. I also passed the book along to someone else who was on retreat with me and she offered to be my accountability partner for the 30-day challenge. That was the final piece in the puzzle that I needed to get started. So thank you, Jenna. We all know that the goals that we track and measure and are accountable for are always more successful than those that we leave to chance, right? So I am excited to see what this next month has in store for me. I'm excited about this 30 day challenge. I'm glad for this chance to unearth some nasty personal beliefs and I will keep you guys posted on how it goes and what the highlights and lowlights are of each day. I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of growth and lessons learned along the way, but I have to be honest. I'm pretty excited at this opportunity to intentionally schedule my personal growth and self-care at the start of every day, which feels like it's sending a pretty strong message about how much I respect myself, how willing I am to make myself a priority. And I know the more that I take care of myself, the better able I am going to be to help and serve you. start by defining what a boundary is quite simply it is a guideline or a personal limit about what is and isn't acceptable in your life i know sometimes boundaries can get a little bit of a bad rap for being cliche and sometimes people roll their eyes at me when i talk about them but they are really really important and very powerful to help keep you focused, be efficient and really understand yourself at a deep level. When we talk boundaries, we often think about setting boundaries in our relationships with others. We think about how we do and don't want to be treated or what we will and won't accept. And we often skip over a really obvious and important type of boundary, setting a boundary for ourselves about what we will and won't accept in our relationship with ourselves. In the intro, I talked about the example of making my self-care and personal development a priority and how radical of an idea that was for me. And I see a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with this as well. We find it hard to make ourselves a priority because quite simply, our businesses are so important to us. And because we are asking ourselves to change behavior, sometimes this can be a hard boundary to set and maintain. I want you to think of boundaries as the non-negotiables of your life. Boundaries are important because they are specific areas of your life that you are never going to compromise. To set a boundary, you need to do three different things. First, it's necessary for you to have the self-awareness to know what you want to set a boundary about. and For this, we typically look to a place in your life where you feel frustrated or maybe discouraged. Or you feel like you're constantly disappointed by yourself or by others. Second, you have to have the courage to actually set it and then speak up for yourself. Either tell the other person who's involved or tell others about what you're going to do for yourself. And third, you have to have the strength and determination to enforce it. And I really want you to see boundaries for what they truly are. They are an opportunity for growth and a powerful expression of self-love. And that's a great tweetable, so I'm gonna say that again. Boundaries are an opportunity for growth and a powerful expression of self-love. There are so many benefits of setting boundaries for you and your business. They help you focus and conduct your business more efficiently. They help you manage expectations of others. They help you manage your time and they help you stay true To your values if you've ever found setting boundaries challenging this could be caused by a couple different things first it could be a lack of self awareness where you feel frustrated but you don't really know what is causing you to feel frustrated or how to fix it a really good place I like to point my clients is to see what their core values are and when you are frustrated, it is typically because one of your core values has been compromised or it's out of alignment. Secondly, there might be an unconscious pattern, a belief or an assumption that prevents you from setting the boundary or doing the necessary work to enforce it. Let's look at an example of setting boundaries with others and see how values play a part in boundary setting. I want you to pick out a reoccurring scenario that happens With someone else either a friend a client or a partner keep this scenario in mind as i walk you through this example let's say you often lend things out to friends we're going to use the example of a book let's say that you like to lend out books to people because you truly want to help them and you want to encourage them to grow and when you do this you sometimes get frustrated because sometimes your books get ruined, or maybe people keep them longer than you really want them to. This starts to really frustrate you, but you keep doing it because you have a sincere desire to help people. But you start to realize that every time you do it, it makes you anxious because you worry, and you never know when your books are coming back to you. So this scenario, this simple scenario uses books, but it can really apply to lending someone else any personal item. So the first thing that we do is to identify specifically what it is about this scenario that's causing you frustration. And in this example, you are frustrated because people don't take care of your book. It's something that's important to you. So you make a decision to set a boundary. The second step is to use the lens of your values on this scenario. What value of yours are you fulfilling by handing out the book? Let's say that there is a value of helping people grow and learn. Or maybe you have a value of doing spontaneous things for people to surprise them. Or maybe you have a strong value of giving. Also, you want to look to see what values of yours are being compromised and causing you frustration with this scenario. This could be a lack of respect, or it could be inconsideration. Now let's have a look and see How you could handle this scenario. Since you enjoy helping others grow and learn, you could still lend them the book, but set a boundary of, say, one month when you'd like it returned to you. And as you are giving them, set that expectation with them so they know that you'd like it returned to you in one month. Then you don't have to ever worry about it. Option number two. You can always decide that you actually don't want to lend out your books anymore, so you put a stake in the ground and you explain to people why. Like maybe your books mean a lot to you and you like to keep them in good condition. Or you like to have them always on your bookshelf in case of emergency and you need to reference them or something. Option number three, since this book has had such a huge impact on you, you can always buy the book for someone and then give it to them as a gift. That way, you get to keep yours and they can keep theirs forever. And lastly, you could always tell them about the book, either verbally or send them an email, and tell them why you think this book would really resonate with them. This has the added advantage of encouraging them to take the action to purchase it and read it. Either way, there's lots of different options that you have to change how you handle the situation and set a boundary maybe of how you interact with others and whether you do or don't lend things out. We looked at four different options. You can give the book and ask for a specific time frame to have it returned to you. Second, you can choose to not lend things out anymore. Three, you could buy the book and then give it to them as a gift instead. Or lastly, you could tell them about the book and encourage them to go out and buy it. So to recap, we figure out what is causing us frustration, we look at how it's impacting our lives, we explore our different options, and then we make a decision of how to handle things differently, either in how you interact with another person or how you handle things yourself. And I wanna add a side note here around issuing invoices that I think would be really valuable. This is a great concept that I heard from the author Robert Holden, and I think he has a really brilliant concept here. It applies to doing something nice for others, and gifting a book to someone is a perfect example. And I see this scenario all the time with my clients and my friends. He says that when you do something nice and something kind for someone, make sure that you don't issue an invoice with it, meaning... Don't expect anything in return because sometimes I know when people love to do things for other people, they have this tiny little disappointment when nothing is reciprocated to them. Nothing is done in return. And this, he says, is doing something nice and at the same time expecting that they do something nice in return for you. It's like keeping track or keeping score all the time. And this is really kind of missing the whole point, isn't it? When you do something kind for others, you aren't really meant to expect anything in exchange. So this kind of defeats the whole purpose, doesn't it? So remember, when you're doing something kind for someone, don't issue an invoice. Do something kind from the heart and don't expect anything in return. You do work on setting boundaries, you always want to be on the watch for saboteurs because your saboteurs will always entice you to do things that compromise who you are in order to make other people happy. Like, for example, the overgiver saboteur, which is really sneaky and puts everyone else's needs in front of yours. Everyone else is first before you are. Remember my example about feeling edgy to make the first 2 hours of my day all about me there was definitely an overgiver saboteur here telling me that i was being greedy that i couldn't put my needs first how selfish is that and this is especially dangerous for us who are running conscious businesses or doing any type of work that really helps or impacts others because we feel justified in putting everyone else in front because we're making a big impact in their lives. But let's use that oxygen mask approach. You know that safety demo on planes that we never ever listen to? They always prompt us to put on our oxygen masks first and then help others around us. So keep an eye open for an overgiver saboteur who always wants you to give away more than you have and then you're left with nothing for yourself, who's always worrying what other people think of you. If you say no, what are people going to think? What if they uh, stop liking you? It doesn't matter who your saboteur is. It could be an overgiver. It could be an image consultant saboteur. I just want you to keep an eye out for whoever it is because they entice you to do things that you don't want to do. They entice you to give away too much of yourself and then they make you feel guilty for not taking care of yourself. I know that for some of you, setting boundaries is new and difficult. So, I want to give you a few tips that are going to help you set boundaries. I have four tips for you. Tip number one, know yourself. In order to properly set boundaries, you have to know who you are and have a clear sense of what you do and don't like. I often hear people say that someone hurt their feelings or they blame someone else for causing them frustration or worry. But here's some tough love. No one can control how you feel. No one. Only you are in charge of how you feel. You have no way to control or change someone else's actions, but you have 100% control to change the way you react to their actions. Yes, other people might do some really crappy things that frustrate you, but you are fully in control of how you respond emotionally to them and whether you choose to do something like set a boundary to make sure that it doesn't happen again. So knowing yourself is an important step to understand what frustrates you and why. And once you recognize this, then you can properly set boundaries. Tip number two, share your why, your big P purpose. Staying connected to your big P, your big why, will remind you of why you are here, what this is all about, and it will likely give you that much needed strength and resolve to stand up for yourself. Remember, what other people think of you is none of your business. If you have a boundary that feels particularly edgy for you, like, for example, you have to say no to something and you're scared of disappointing people, then explain to someone why you have to decline and what you are saying yes to. This is a really powerful thing for you and for them. First, you're standing up for you and your dream. You're putting a stake in the ground. And secondly, you're being a great leader. You're modeling powerful behavior. Through your actions, you are teaching them that they also have the option of setting boundaries and saying no. So share your big why. To give others context and understand your actions, it will really help both of you, I promise. Tip number three, be guided by emotion. If something feels like it's not quite right, then it's likely not quite right. Listen to that. Listen to your conscious intelligence. It always, always knows best. If something feels off, take the time to explore this. And here's a little more tough love don't avoid something because you think "Mm, it's not really a big deal and it only happened once like not speaking up for yourself because here's the thing it might feel small now but if you don't speak up this time it will snowball and it will really bother you and it will get worse when it gets bigger it will get even more awkward to discuss do yourself a favor And speak up for yourself from the very beginning. Don't think, oh, it's too small to bother bringing it up. Think, it's small, and so this is going to make it a lot easier to address now. Remember, unspoken truths are seeds of resentment. And that's a great tweetable. I'm going to say it again. Unspoken truths are seeds of resentment. Remember, emotions are your guide. Trust them and act on them. And tip number four, be persistent. Remember, this is a marathon, not a sprint. We're in this for the long haul. All great behaviors, like setting boundaries, are an investment. Sometimes when you try to set a boundary, it might not take right away. But that is not an excuse to give up. Keep trying and keep working on it. Think about it. If we all gave up when we failed at something the first time, none of us would know how to walk or talk which would, you know, be kind of boring, wouldn't it? Remember that setting boundaries is a great skill that you need to build up and approach it like building a muscle. It takes a lot of work, a lot of dedication, and only over time will you get to see the results. But then you'll reap the rewards all the time. You will master it and it will get easier each time that you do it. So let's recap those four tips. Know yourself share your big why, be guided by your emotion, and be persistent. And it's time to start wrapping up this episode on boundaries. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you are inspired to set some of your own. Try out some of these tips. And hey, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you don't ever miss an episode. That would break my heart. You can do this through iTunes or Stitcher Radio, or better yet, you can subscribe to the newsletter. Simply go to thecorporateyogi.com. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Remember that being an entrepreneur is the most intense form of personal development that you will ever go through. So be patient and be kind to yourself. Deep down inside, you know how powerful you are. Now it's time to step up and let the rest of us see it.